Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Chantelle. Um, I've been on sabbatical. Paul was obviously here last week. Um, and I was in theology lectures from 9 to 6 every night for five days flat. <laughs> but it was really good. But it's so lovely. I just wanted to say hi again. And it's so lovely to be back. And probably Paul said all this last week. But just to thank you all because sabbatical was such a precious gift. Um, a gift from God and a gift from all of you. We just had a wonderful time. So good as a family. And it was just so nice to almost, when you're in the middle of things, you you know, you're kind of getting on with it and you can't always think of, you know, step back and reflect. And it was so nice to just have that time to step back and reflect. And just being here this morning, I was just thinking about how much I love this church and how much you all, like, love Jesus and you love one another and how we always try to think of ways to love those who don't yet know him. So... It's just like, I feel, I don't want it to sound cheesy, but I just feel proud um, to be part of this church. And I feel excited for this next season because we've just got more opportunities to love God, to love one another, and to love those in our community. So I'm excited about what we're going to do together as a church family and how God's going to work in our lives and work in the lives of everyone around. So yeah, thank you. A couple of things. A couple of things to mention that are coming up. Firstly, um, an exciting thing that is happening in three weeks' time is that we're going to be moved. We're no longer going to be here. Um, ever since we started the church nearly 13 years ago uh, in the Zoo Park Cafe, which was once there, um, God's always had a, a home for us, a place for us, a place where we can gather together to be the people of God, the family of God to worship, to encourage, to pray for one another and to be sent out again. And uh, this place became available post-COVID. Uh, simply the school, what was Carrick Focus College, now Carrick Academy Senior Site, no longer was a, a space for us just because of all the restrictions and what have you. And uh, the story behind getting this place was amazing. If you never heard it, ask me afterwards and I'll gladly tell you. And this has been a wonderful home. I, I quickly nipped out the door there. You might have thought, he's leaving. Something's bad happens. Uh, but I had a look because the plaque on the side, it says, on this site stood a Franciscan friary from 1232 to 15 something. So this place is a really prominent place where people have gathered and worshipped together. And it's been amazing for us. But... As we have uh, continued to kind of come out of the pandemic, we've grown and we're growing again. And it's really, really encouraging. And so in order to facilitate what God is doing, uh, we're really glad that we're going to be moving into Carrick Fergus Academy Junior site. To some of you still haven't quite made that transition, that's Downshire School, what was. Uh, on the top of Downshire Road. And so on the 1st of October, do not come here, but go to uh, the school there. And under uh, the roof there, we've got some bigger spaces, the assembly hall, the gym, uh, other classrooms, other environments, which are going to be absolutely fantastic. No longer parents, do your kids need to be in a separate building over the street. They're all going to be under the one roof together. Lots of space to connect and have coffee together and, and conversations. So we're really, really excited about that. 
uh, please be prayerful about that. And if you know of people in your lives who are looking for a church, then please, please invite them uh, along to that. That would be tremendous. That's in three weeks' time. The second thing, very briefly to say, is uh, we want to acknowledge that two weeks ago, uh, Lydia Nimick, who's an inc- one of our incredible young people, uh, has, uh, has left to go to Causeway Coast Vineyard Church, where she is going to be, or is enrolled into their ESOM program, Encounter School of Mission. And she's going to be spending the year there learning more about herself, learning more about God and serving in the community there in that church. And we, we miss her and we bless her. And I'm looking at mum and dad and they're probably either missing her or delighted. I don't know, maybe a mixture of the two. And then the second one is to say that our second born, uh, Owen Paul Daniels, uh, here on the second row, uh, he's never acknowledged his middle name. So I just have to do it for him. Uh, but, uh, but as of Saturday, Owen is going to be leaving us. Another room to rent on Airbnb. Um, so he'll be yeah, going we've across. got a double bed in so people can come and stay. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be going across the Trent Vineyard Church in Nottingham and uh, where he's going to be doing the Gap Year program there working with uh, young people as well. So... Uh, We're really excited for that, we're really excited for Lydia, and we ask that you just bless them and pray for them as they go. Enough from us, we are delighted. Who's up first? Oh, we're coming together. Look, it's like a double act. Double, double, here we go. Emma leads our incredible young people, and Jeff, together with his lovely wife, Lynn, uh, lead our children's ministry, and they're going to be sharing this morning, so uh, why don't you welcome them as they come. It's, kind of, it's, it's such a privilege um, to be here this morning and to get this opportunity to speak again. It's not like something I've ever really thought that I would see myself doing. Um, it's definitely not on a regular basis, so it's, uh, it's so lovely, lovely to be here. Um, and as my uh, old youth pastor used to say, if God can speak out of Balaam's ass, he can certainly speak through you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lynn, I'm really sorry. She, she told me not to say that. She said, do not say that. <laughs> cut that out. Cut that out. Um, it's like, you know, in the office, Mike, the, Michael Scott, just if you tell him not to say something, he will say it. It's a bit like that. Um, I think the last time Kate was speaking, she was saying she was a bit jive bunny. Like, we're always talking about speaking styles now, apparently. And uh, I was saying I'm a bit freeform jazz. So today is uh, more of a duet. Jeff and Emma, G and E. What's the best G and E duet? George and Elton, obviously. Jo- Don't really so know who that is. That's but so <laughs> today we are George and Elton. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure which one you are, though. I actually, I'm George, so you must be Elton. But actually, but but in saying that, um, Elton does come in and blow it away. So that's your. That's what you'll be doing. Don't put that pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just before we start, if we could uh, just settle our hearts. Uh, I'd like to just open with a very brief word of prayer. Um, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. And we're so grateful. We're so grateful for your presence. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the power of your word and your eternal presence and the certainty of the hope that we have in you. We praise you that our identity 
and our meaning and our purpose are all found in you, Lord. And we thank you. We thank you for all the young people that make up this church, for the gifts that you've given them and the blessing that they are to this community. And help us to hear you today, Father, and that you will inspire us uh, to be part of a movement that creates a legacy of hope in this town and on this island. And we ask it in your name. Amen. So I just want to, um, we're going to develop a theme of legacy in kind of three parts, I guess, today. Um, but before that, I will just do a little bit of an introduction. I'll, I'll need to speak quickly because um, uh, we have about seven minutes each, which I'm probably down to about four. So um, if I don't take a breath, I probably will get through that. Um, so what do we think about when we think about legacy? Um, well, traditionally, I think it's about physical assets, isn't it? You know, like traditionally speaking, um, and leaving them to your dependents, things like money and property. But um, for us, I think legacy is much, much more than that. It's something that we, we get to pass on, everything that we pass on, good, sometimes bad. Um, M and I were really privileged uh, to be involved in defining, helping to define that legacy and preparing our young people here in this church to take it forward. But more than that, we're co-creating it with them, with our children, with our young people as active participants in that. Um, and we all have a part to play in that, whether we're role models here to, to our young people, cheerleaders, champions, good examples, um, leaders, teachers and parents. So what is our, our legacy here? I think um, I would define it as so many things, I guess. It's, uh, it's a legacy of identity, who we are, of our beliefs, our values. It's a legacy of worship, of witness, of community, of compassion, of how to live, how to live well. And the Bible has a lot to say about legacy, that importance of running the race well um, and blessing future generations. Um, but I'm just going to concentrate on some words of Jesus, um, mainly from John's gospel. So in John uh, chapter 10, verse 10, um, oh, by the way, some of, the, uh, some of the, uh, the versions are slightly different on the screen, so if it reads differently from what I'm saying, that's why. Um, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that you may have life to the full or life more abundantly. In contrast uh, to, to so many out there that are struggling with feelings of lack, uh, emptiness, and dissatisfaction, an abundant life promises more. It promises a life not without struggles, but a life that's underpinned by hope, identity, meaning, and purpose. That is the legacy that we have here that's worth passing on, I think. Um, our young people know that there is a purpose, that there is a meaning, and that there's a narrative to their existence, and that their identity is in Christ. This is their legacy that we get to live out and share in the here and now. So we're not just afterlife insurance salesmen and women. We are, we are people with the knowledge of how to live now in our community and the joy of passing that on and living it out. In, in many ways, the history of this church, actually in Carrick, has led us to be a little bit more focused on our identity. And we've never really had a permanent place, a permanent bricks and mortar building. Um, we have to be more intentional. We have to think about our purpose. Why are we here? What are we doing here every week if it's not to create uh, something for our town and for our movement? Um, when the time came for Jesus to talk to his disciples about legacy, he told them many things. Um, but in John 17, he prayed a prayer for them, which I'll read a little bit of. 
um, and draw maybe a couple of things out of, which I think really speak to what I'm trying to say. Um, so reading from about, uh, from verse 20 through to 26, that's John 17, Jesus prayed, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you give me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. And as Jesus prayed for his disciples, he was also thinking, if you noticed, about a time when he was not going to be there. And he also was praying for the disciples to come, the people who would believe in the future. That's us now. Those verses relate and apply to us today. And they may sound a little bit of a bit confusing when you read them at first, but there's some real ancient truths there in them that have often been drowned out, I think, by the, by the noise of our modern world. When we think about our identity, these words of Jesus are just really, really helpful. And pick out a couple of what he said there. He said, they may be, that they may be all one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us. The glory that you have given me, I have given them. So our identity is in him. And through this, we have our meaning in life. He, Jesus said in that prayer that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. And meaning is found when we realize we are significant to something greater than ourselves and we are loved by the creator of the universe. And what about our purpose? Well, Jesus said, so that the world may believe. In verse 21. And finally, hope. I want those who you have given me to be where I am. So our purpose, our identity, our meaning and hope. And these are the truths that this church gets to pass on. And we have a different way of seeing the world, I think, than much of the, much of the world, including many of our neighbors. By way of example, in this wonderful book that I was reading recently called 32 Words for Field, the Irish uh, writer Manchin Magan says that in the Irish language, every word has layers of wisdom and insight encoded into it. And he remembers asking his grandmother what the Irish word for hole was. And she said, do you mean the one dug in the ground by an animal or the one made by a fish in a sandy riverbed for spawning? And there's loads of words for, there's loads of words for whole um, in Irish, just like there's loads of words for field in Irish. There are 32 words for field in Irish, apparently. And he says that as the world has kind of devolved, there's a kind of reductionism that's taken hold, and nowadays a whole is just a whole. The Irish language has evolved, he says, before mankind had decided to limit reality to the parameters of the rational mind which is a lovely phrase, with the, with the result that we are at risk of forgetting some essential truths of life along the way. And so it is with our truth 
This reductionism of meaning is in many people's lives right now, but we can take a message of hope into our community and change the lives of many more people now and in the future, and that will be our legacy. And as Jesus says to his disciples in John 14, verses 12 to 14, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do works that I do and greater works than these he will do. Yeah, so this takes us on to, we want to really highlight three things that are um, inherent to our legacy here in Carrickfergus Vineyard. And I stole the first one because I think it's one of the most exciting ones. Um, and it's the next generation. So, so much of our legacy is built by what we invest our time, treasure and talent in. And I feel like legacy is almost like as you go about your daily life, kind of little, little bits are just dropped off as you go and they make an impression on other people around you and here in Carrickfergus in our community. And a large part of our legacy is seen in the present day, but it will also be seen in the future. And it's our responsibility to encourage and empower those younger than us um, to ensure that there is a legacy to be maintained. Like if we don't invest our time, talent, treasure, there won't be a legacy. Legacy is defined as something that's passed on or it's the long lasting impact of particular events or actions that took place. And here at Carrick Vineyard, we are so passionate about seeing our children and young people step into their God-given purpose of knowing that they are chosen and loved by God. We believe that our under 18s aren't just the church of the future, they are the church of today. And I think that's so powerful, like, but instead of me talking about it, I actually just want to invite them, some of them to come up and share a bit. Um, so guys, come on up. Oh, you're okay, you're okay. You're okay, Jamie. Just these three, don't worry. <laughs> Thanks. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> so, guys, do you want to take Jeff's mic there? Introduce yourselves, tell us your name, your year, and something um, right, most interesting fact. We'll get like the biggest clap, yeah. okay? So. so, my name's Ellie. I'm in year 14, so upper sixth. And my most interesting fact is that I used to own half a dog. What? <laughs> Explain. <laughs> you can't Explain. stop there. Okay, so basically my granda my granda used to live with us, so he had a dog and we would be like, Oh like he's half ours. So then when I was in first year I decided to tell everyone that I own half a dog. So yeah, that's kind of it. It's not okay, actually that yeah. exciting. Thank goodness no animals were harmed. <laughs> um I'm Finn, I'm in year thirteen, so lower sixth and too many good things about me to be fair. Um <laughs> Um I had a whole month, that's my interesting fact, there you go. Um, I'm Hope, I'm in year 12 or 5th year and I asked Owen yesterday what I should use as my interesting fact oh, no. and he told me I'm not very interesting so my interesting fact is I'm not very interesting. <laughs> Thanks guys. Um, so what has God been doing in your lives recently? Um, I would say that recently in my life it's kind of felt like very busy and like a lot of things are going on but I think just being able to remember that like it's not just me that's in it like God's in it with me has just helped me to not get as stressed as I usually would like today I'm actually starting to work in a new place and usually I'll be like really anxious about that but like I'm actually just quite excited for it so yeah I just think that God's given me a lot of peace and I felt that at move as well 
just like in the busyness of everything. So yeah. Um, trying to think. Well, this year's probably been the best year of my life, but had a lot of things going on. But recently, it's just been a lot of like nudges and pushes from like God. Like, remember Pippa Baker speaking about nudges at Summer Madness and stuff, and like pushing yourself into these things that you wouldn't really push yourself into. So, like, at Move. It was like they asked if anyone wanted to give testimonies, and it was like that, that really awkward silence. Like, who's going to go first? Like, oh dear, who's going to go first? And then I was like, ah, I'll go for it, sir. See how it goes. <laughs> and then I spoke, and it was just like the best thing. And then when Emma texted in, who wants to speak? I was like, ah, I'll go for it. So, and then, so yeah, it's just really been about like pushing into new things and pushing into your, like, not your comfort zones. So, probably Amazing. that, yeah. Thanks, Ben. That's class. Um, so the weeks leading up to MOVE, which was the event we went to at the start of August, um, I had quite a few doubts in my faith and I often had feelings like what was the like what's the point in even following Jesus and um, as we were going into MOVE, God really spoke to me through the song Waste to Singing Rockets and it says, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control um, and I just was really praying that God would set my heart on fire for him again, he would relight that fire and like God does time and time again he exceeded all my expectations and at move and ever since then I've just felt joy and peace like I've never felt before and God just really relit the fire so amazing yeah. so good um and final question so instead of us just standing up here and talking about talking about legacy um what kind of legacy would you guys like Carrick Vineyard to be known for um, so actually the other day Hannah had sent in something from I think it was a pastor that she followed on Instagram and it was just so good so I'm just going to read it out I think it's really good One sec. oh yeah I took a screenshot of it. Um, you're not the leaders of tomorrow you're the leaders of today remember your worth does not decrease because of someone's inability to see your value your worth is in who god says you are and he says you're loved called and chosen dream big work hard but don't be afraid to start small never underestimate your potential to make a difference your empathy is a strength so keep asking the questions that matter lead by example showing humility integrity and resilience in all that you do and it's not in your own power but it's by the holy spirit at work in you i pray that you continue to seek jesus with passion and that you never lose sight of the importance of having a relationship with him i pray you continue to be a light in a dark world and never stop sharing the love of christ so yeah i just think that's amazing Class. yeah amazing um i think really in our day and age like people our age are really like really not trying to be rude but they're really self-centered and they're just trying to think about all about themselves but us as a group we're trying to like push into the community and like trying to make everyone involved in this like great thing that's going on in our lives. So I think we're just trying to make as big of an impact, not on just um, people our age, but people in the whole town and trying to like influence them to join, well, be part of what is probably the best thing that's ever happened in every, everyone in this room's life. So probably that would be the best. Yeah, amazing. Um, I think, well, all, all the time but especially over the last year and at Summer Madness and at MOVE I think we've really grown as a group like within youth and so I think just the legacy of like the importance of community and relationships because God never meant us for us to follow him by ourselves like he always meant for us to be surrounded by people so I think just for 
Carrick Vineyard to continue to be a place where teenagers feel comfortable to invite their friends and like just see God move through our generation and continue to see lives change. So thank you so much. Guys, can we give them a round of applause? That's amazing. <laughs> I think um, Jeff and I can probably just go and sit down now. <laughs> yeah. like, that was amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Um, and Finn kind of hit on it there. Like, our young people face some really big challenges, challenges that we didn't have to face back in our day. I hate whenever people say that, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> finding your identity in a world that doesn't, at the minute, doesn't seem to have a right or wrong. Everything goes. We can get lost in the middle. There's no truth. And speaking up in faith sometimes can seem as oppressive or ignorant. It makes it really difficult for young people. There's no room for mistakes. Everything's documented online. Your social media follows you through every silly mistake and word that you wish you never said. While the fear of cancel culture is ever looming, our young people are just trying to find out who they are. It's mad. The voice of the church has never been more important in helping our young people find their identity pointing them away from the ways of the world and towards freedom and salvation in Jesus. And that's where we come in. As the body of Christ, we're responsible and we have the absolute pleasure of investing in the next generation. And in Mark 10, 13 to 16, Jesus encounters some little children. It says people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Jesus placed such an emphasis on the value of children in the kingdom of heaven. Just as his disciples, we are not to make it difficult for children to meet with him as the kingdom belongs to them. As youth leaders, we have the privilege of working with our young people. And at the start of the year, we meet and we plan what's going to happen. But one of the most important things is defining our vision and our dream as to what our young people are going to be. So our dream for our young people is that they would be confident and secure in their own identity, grow in their relationship with Jesus and develop strong foundations, that they would know and experience Jesus through worship and ministry, and that they are empowered and enabled to be prayerful people who are filled with compassion. It's no small dream. <laughs> um, however, our God is so faithful and our young people are so amazing. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to serve on youth ministry or kids ministry, although it would be great if you do want to. <laughs> so, um, but that's not the point. We're all gifted in different ways and we have different passions that we want to use to be able to serve in our church. Last year, our church um, began monthly prayer meetings, and I know that they spent a significant amount of time praying for our young people. And as a youth leader, I have never seen so many amazing things happen in the past year, and it really shows the testament and the power of prayer that happens whenever people gather and they pray over specific topics. What God can do is immeasurably more. And there's so many ways that as individuals we can pass on our legacy to the next generation. Whether it be as parents or carers, through serving in every aspect of our church, 
our young people and children, they really value commitment. And whenever we show that we're dedicated and we turn up, that is what they, what they hold close. Whether it's through prayer or mentoring, um, or just taking an interest, just chatting to them, um, investing some time through giving financially, as nothing would actually happen without the generosity of our church. Or I think sometimes there are a lot of different ways people support us that are often unseen. Um, and I have to give a shout out to my parents who without them, I wouldn't be able to serve in the way that I do. And I know there are so many people who gave their time and talent and without their family supporting them, they wouldn't actually be able to be there to give their time and their talent. Churches that build legacy don't rely solely on one specific ministry or people. It's about every individual coming together collectively to give what they have to make a lasting impact. And the beautiful thing about leaving a legacy is that there's something for the next generation to build on, something that they can make even better than what we have left behind. And as Jeff read in John 14, 12, we see as Jesus leaves his disciples behind, he tells them that they will do even greater things. A lasting legacy will enable our children and young people to do even greater things than what we are even able to do right now. I just want to briefly talk a little bit about our legacy here in Carrickfergus, how we can really enter into that, I guess. And I can, as we, as we begin to think really briefly just about our, our calling to this town and our legacy here, I'm reminded a little bit of the words of Jesus from Matthew in the Sermon of the Mount. It's Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put uh, light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The challenge for us in this town is to be different than what maybe churches can be seen. The challenge for us is not to set in judgment and to set ourselves up as accusers. Anyone who's ever read the book of Job knows that that is the job of the enemy, not us. Anyone who has uh, done that will realize that our, our job, our challenge, is to be a safe place, an open door full of light. I feel very strongly that the church has an unprecedented opportunity right now to offer something else rather than condemnation. If we could just get our act together as people, we could provide a genuine welcoming light for this town. We could be an authentic witness by our actions, a gospel seen and not heard. And it must be said that it's our young people who are best placed to carry this forward without prejudice and with genuine authenticity. Maybe we should be following their example. I was actually reading yesterday about Superdry, you know Superdry, the clothing brand? Um, in the, it was in the London Evening Standard, and apparently it's tanking. Um, they've just reported an anonymous 140 million pound loss for this year. Young people are apparently seeing through them according to the Evening Standard. It's not a Japanese brand after all. I don't know if anybody ever thought it was. I definitely thought it was a Japanese brand. Um, it's the creation of a UK businessman who's, who is the heir to a cider fortune and owns loads of country pubs. And he's married to a fashion designer specializing in horsey country wear. This is all in the evening standard. Did you know, did you know that? 
all those all that Japanese branding on their stuff is meaningless. It apparently led the brand a mysterious air of cool, but unfortunately, it also meant nothing to Japanese speakers. It was all translated as gibberish. Apparently now, Superdry is a lot less cool. They says it's more somewhere where your dad shops in. <laughs> it's not what 20-somethings expect now. When you look at the most successful brands, this is what they say. They say they, they think of themselves as agents of culture and they connect with things like music and sport and they create very distinctive environments. Gen Z has a sophistication that perhaps millennials 20 years ago did not have. Superdry's Japanese references are inauthentic and younger audiences can see right through it. The faith of our younger people is authentic. It's countercultural, actually, and that's what makes it relevant. And I'm standing here in Superdry trousers. <laughs> <laughs> so, who's leading the way? Our young people can see through all this. They're not impressed by words or image they're impressed by authenticity. What is real and has something to contribute? And we've just heard that really loud and clear. I don't need to repeat it. Have you seen what young people are wearing now? They have mullets and they wear Crocs with socks <laughs> and massive sweatshirts. Whilst we're the ones trying to wear the Hugo Boss and all, we're interested in all of that. What are they trying to tell us? They don't want anything to do with what we stand for. We need to be listening. The, t the needs of this town are manifold. The course of influence of paramilitaries, people are living in fear, there's debt, poverty, poor mental health, the list goes on. Here, we are raising a positive group of amazing young people who will do amazing things, will reach out into this community. Can we all create a legacy that they will be proud of? In my, in my job, I'm working currently a little bit with a young person from Iran who fled there um, from there because she became a Christian. And she is really amazing. She gave up everything, including everyone she knows and loves to follow Christ. It turns out actually that, I, that in Iran, Christianity is growing at a faster rate than anywhere else in the world, even China. Why? Because it's a message of freedom and hope in the midst of terror and oppression. It turns out when things are bad, Jesus enters in. Young people are leading the way in this, even in Iran, as, no, as you've no doubt seen in the news. So very soon we're going to be moving into a new home in Carrick Academy, uh, the junior site at Downshire. And that space is really amazing. It, it has so much potential for us. Kids ministry and youth ministry, and it's all going to be under the same roof as the main church on a Sunday. And we've got some access to brilliant, brilliant resources, not least the enormous gym hall um, and all equip the equipment that we could want. It feels like we're very much at the beginning of a, a whole new chapter for this church. And our teaching um, with our young people will continue to give them that opportunity to pray for each other, to worship together, and to be open to hearing from God directly in a really safe place. It's a place to learn and where we get to learn from them. We're raising up the next leaders, the next generation to be the bearers of this ancient wisdom where we find hope and maybe we should all be part of that. And if you would like to become a leader of youth or kids, um, that would be amazing too. And you can definitely talk to us about that.
So an important part um, about our legacy is knowing where we've actually come from. Um, and I don't know how long you've been about the vineyard, but bear with me and I'll take you through a brief snapshot of how we've got to where we are. Um, so the first vineyard churches were planted in the USA in 1975. By 1982, there were at least seven vineyards in a loose-knit fellowship of churches. King Gilkinson started a church in Hollywood in 1974. In 1975, believing that God had instructed him to do so, um, he gave it the name Vineyard of this association of churches. He led it for about five years. And then in the early 1980s, um, Ken asked John Wimber, who you've probably heard of um, if you've been about for a while, um, to assume leadership for this um, group of churches. So John Wimber's influence profoundly shaped the theology and practice of the Vineyard movement. Um, in his first decade, he led hundreds of people to Christ. By 1970, he was leading 11 Bible studies with more than 500 people. Like, that's unbelievable. And in 1977, John um, planted the Calvary Chapel of, of Yorba Linda. Um, but the church's emphasis on the Holy Spirit didn't quite, um, wasn't shared by the leaders of the Calvary Chapel. So this is whenever he joined the Association of Vineyard Churches. So this then brings in John and Eleanor Mumford, um, who had worked with John on staff at Anaheim Vineyard and later were joined by John and Debbie Wright. Um, John and Eleanor Mumford went on to plant Southwest um, London Vineyard in 1987. This was the first vineyard church in Europe. And over the next three decades, the number of churches in the UK and Ireland grew to over 100. John and Debbie Wright, who have led Trent Vineyard, where Owen's going to, um, they have led there for many years, and they are passing on that leadership at the end of this year to focus on their role as national directors of Vineyard UK and Ireland. So since 1975, the Vineyard movement has grown to a network of more than 2,400 churches, and we are one of those 2,400 churches worldwide. There's an amazing video called Legacy, so I'm not going to... Um, go on anymore, but if you want to find out more about where we've come from, um, please go and watch that on YouTube. It's Carl Wimber and Penny and Bob Fulton who speak about how we've got to where we are. Um, it's so powerful thinking that we are part of a wider community um, and a wider movement across the world. And there is also a Vineyard Values book and we run a life group um, every so often, so I would recommend attending that to find out a bit more. But a really helpful way of illustrating who we are um, is looking at the vineyard person. So the vineyard per person, um, the Bible is our foundation and plumb line. The kingdom of God is our theology and activity. Worship as our highest priority. Compassion as an outward expression of our love for Jesus. Hospital, community, learning environment, army as a community of people on a journey throughout which we make disciples and equip the saints as we obey the Great Commission. Church planting as a growing multiplication movement. Church development as we care for and grow existing churches and love the whole body of Christ. Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he gives us our aim, focus and example. So this just sets the scene as to who we are, where is our identity and where are we going. The Vineyard Movement has established a great legacy whether that be its impact on Christian worship music, church planting, making disciples, making the Holy Spirit central to our ministry, the now and the not yet, remembering the poor, and the fact that everyone gets to play, which you've probably heard a few times. Um, our values make us who, I, who we are, and they show us the foundations of the legacy that we're building here in Carrickfergus. 
There are 13 vineyard churches in Ireland. You may not know that, but you can see them on the map there. This legacy is bigger than us. It's bigger than what we're doing here in Carrick. We're a part of that wider legacy. Playing our part in the wider vineyard legacy can take many forms, whether it be building relationships with other churches, attending events, or supporting and encouraging other churches. One of the most powerful things we can do is pray. Pray as other churches face tests and trials. Pray for those churches that are rapidly growing. Pray over new and developing churches and pray for those churches that haven't even been planted yet. There's a lot of that map um, is empty. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of still growth to be done. And that's where our Great Commission comes in. In Matthew 28, 19 to 20, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We're building on the legacy of those who have come before us. And I think it's important to remember each denomination that has shaped each of us. There are so many amazing churches that have impacted into our parents' and grandparents' life who have got us to where we are today. And we should be so thankful and appreciative of every church within our wider community. And it's important that as a community of people, we understand the wider legacy that we're part of. That is, each of us brings ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. He will use what we bring and increase and multiply the good gifts he has given us to see his kingdom come here in Carrickfergus, in Ireland and across the world.